Hello, everyone. This is Dovi Shapiro, and today I would like to begin by sharing that we created a website for the Shluchim Podcast called shluchimpodcast.com. With the new website, you can listen to all the previous podcasts organized according to topic. You're going to ask, how is it secure on the web? All you need to do is create a login and password, then be approved by myself or an administrator, and then you will have access to all the previous podcasts. This website will work great from your mobile phone. And on the website, once you find the podcast you want to listen to, you can easily click on the play button and listen directly there. You don't need SoundCloud. You don't need Dropbox. And you can find all of your 15-minute podcasts if you're driving somewhere, if you're trying to, to get some great information on something you want to do, an upcoming event, whether it's Hanukkah or Pesach or fundraising or some inspiration, you can go to the Shluchim Podcast website and listen to all the previous podcasts. It's also a place where if someone is not on the podcast yet, they can go and sign up to be on the weekly email, receiving all of those weekly emails. The weekly email will have all of the up-to-date podcasts, especially at the bottom, the past, the past 10 podcasts, where you can listen to it directly there with SoundCloud. On the website, you can only listen to past podcasts. The newest podcast will not be available on the website. Again, that is Shluchim podcast.com, which works great from your mobile phone. Check out the website and please give your feedback. I want to hear constructive criticism. If there is anything we can do to make the website better or your experience in hearing the weekly podcast, please let us know and we will do everything that we can to make it better. Thank you again for listening to the Shluchim Podcast. And now moving on to this week's podcast. Today I will be interviewing Rabbi Zalman Teichtel, Shliach, the Kansas University and Lawrence, Kansas, on the topic of having a successful radio show. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more Aslach in their Shluchim. My pleasure. Thank you, Dovi, for providing this service to Shluchim. Before we begin, I would like to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Fasten Jewelers, the Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, and Ohana Pay. With the Kinnath HaShluchim being this week, I want to encourage everyone to go out of your way to thank our sponsors. If you need jewelry for your wife, go to Tzvassman Jewelers. Even if not, thank Tzvassman Jewelers for their support of the Shluchim podcast. Give a big thank you to Yassi Smetana from the Smetana Group, who does bookkeeping for many, many Shluchim. Thank him for being a sponsor of the Shluchim podcast. If you meet Aaron Dragishin, who's coming with me to the Kinnos this year from Gift Card Zen, give him a special thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And if you meet Rabbi Avremel Khazan of Shliach, the big island in Hawaii, from Ohana Pei, credit card processing company, who helps many shluchim as well for the best rates, please give them a special thank you for sponsoring the podcast. It's with their support that the podcast happens every week. And I would also like to give a big thank you to all the shluchim that uh, I've interviewed over this past year, really over the past two years. Um, this year marks two years of the anniversary of the, of the shluchim podcast. Thank you for always being willing to share your experiences with other Shluchim. So let's get to it. Zalman, I know you have a very successful radio show. I would like to begin to talk about what is your radio show about, um, what do you talk about, what is the name of it, and give us the basic gist of it, and then we'll go into the details. Okay, so our radio show, first of all, thank you, Dory, for the opportunity. I'm an avid listener to your podcast, and I enjoy them every week. Our radio show is something which started as a pet project of mine, and it turned into something. It evolved into a project 
It really reaches a lot more people than I ever imagined. Uh, our show is 30 minutes segments every Sunday morning. The name of the show is The Shmooze. I want to thank our fellow Shliach Didi Vigler for that idea. And uh, the name says it all. It's an opportunity just to put some music, to talk about current events locally and international and try to give a positive Jewish spin to what's on people's minds and start off the week on a high note. Could you break it down so that a Shliach, if they're thinking about doing something like this, I think the idea of 30 minutes is, is manageable. Um, and so what goes on in those, break it down to the, the, the segments. Okay, so you have to remember that when you're on live radio, the less time you have, in a way, is much easier because you can't really have white space. There's no editing taking place. It's live radio, you're on air, and you have to fill every single second. So 30 minutes sounds like a little, but when you're on air and you realize that you've got to talk the whole time, you realize that 30 minutes is a long time. So what I usually do is, the first thing is, I have a rule that the show must be positive and energetic. People wake up in the morning, Sunday morning, it's a new week, and turn on the radio, turn on the radio or their TV, and there's always negative news going on. So I try to start off very joyous. So we have a happy, you know, happening, opening, which is Alebedekanigan, with an introduction, you know, welcome to the schmooze, this is your host, and then I always start off with a little bit of a, of a, a fast song music or something that's connected to the theme of the show. I try to have a theme, a thread that goes through the show every week, and I try to find applicable music that relates to that specific show, and we start off the show with a 30, 40 second preview of the full song that will be coming later on in the show. So as soon as people listen, as soon as the show starts, starts off on a high note. And then I spend a few minutes, you know, easing into the show with a joke or two, a little tidbit of something I experienced recently, and then I go into the meat and the potatoes of the show, which is really the theme and the message that I want to give across that week. And then I usually put in a song halfway through, which connects to the theme, so people can have time to internalize the message through music, which is very powerful. It's also an incredible tool to spread you the sky through music. And then following that, we wind down with a little bit of a lighter note, maybe events that are coming up and kind of tie all the ends together. So that's a general overview of the show. I do open up for callers. Sometimes I get callers. Sometimes I don't. Uh, sometimes you start on a certain topic and then somebody calls and you veer off. So you always have to be ready for that. But overall, I come prepared with a lot of material. So if I do finish my stuff early, I always have fillers to fill in the time so there's never a white space. I always prepare an extra song or two just in case I have to. So preparation, preparation, preparation. If you want to do a radio show or if you already have a radio show, you have to bear in mind that a 30-minute show can really take at least two hours of preparation in advance. Right. So in the beginning, it, did it, did, does it get any easier? How long ago did you start this? Okay, so let me give maybe I can start from the beginning. It will be easier for everyone to, to follow through. So if you're a shliach and you're thinking this is a wonderful idea, so I'll tell you a few things. Number one, if you're in a smaller town or even a big city but a smaller geographical area, it is much more within your reach to make this happen because the reality is that stations in smaller cities or smaller areas really like to have local content. And if you're good at it, and most can have the ability to communicate well, then they'll be excited about the opportunity. Now, how exactly you secure the spot on the radio really depends on the nature of your local station. So the first thing you want to do is you want to do research to find out 
what, what is exactly the dynamics of my local station? Is it owned by a local family? Is it part of some huge conglomerate of shows, different shows, a bunch of different uh, stations that are owned by one mega corporation, you know, based on the East Coast? So you want to find out the specific dynamics of your station, then you can know how to approach it. So in my case, for example, I found out that it's owned by a small company that owns maybe five to ten stations in the Midwest. So I was able to uh, approach that angle of the local, talking about how I'm the only rabbi in the area and how we can provide a certain cultural niche that no one else can provide. And the way it worked for me was that ultimately they wanted to charge me for the show and it wasn't in my budget. So I came up with this idea which really worked great. I told them I'll put an ad in my calendar to advertise your station and we'll barter the ads for showtime. And uh, the first year we did this, they actually said okay. And we put in 13 ads and they gave me shows based on the value of those ads. And after a few months, they realized it was going so well, they said, you know what, you could continue and we won't charge you for the shows as you go on. So in my case, the calendar sponsorship was the uh, springboard to have, a sh to have a show. But it doesn't have to be that way. In some cities, they actually would let you have a show even without paying for it if they would need that kind of uh, content. I also want to mention that another outlet, another way to do this is to use public radio, which is more accessible because they have slots that they must fill with community uh, messages. I didn't want to do that because I wanted to use the local station that felt more prominent. So in my city, there's only one radio station, and that's the one that we have our show. So it's a very central, prominent station that everybody listens to. And final third point, a lot of it is about relationships. I started cultivating the station manager. I started going over there, bringing Kala, and you know, just trying to cultivate them and make them feel good. And whenever there was a holiday coming up, I always went over and I spoke on the radio. So through that relationship, I became a figure in the station, and it came a point where now, anytime I could just walk in and go on air. So if you really cultivate that relationship, it could be very beneficial not only for the weekly show, but whenever you have Hanukkah, Pesach, Purim, any Yomtif, or even Israel. You know, I was able to go on air two weeks ago for a half hour just to talk about how I feel about Israel's situation. So it becomes a very powerful tool that we could use. I feel that radio became underrated a little bit. We put a lot of focus on the newspapers, but we have to remember that more people listen to the radio than read a newspaper. So it's really an avenue that Shulchan can take advantage of more. Well, I think it's a very big deal. I mean, this is something that the Rebbe talks in a lot, the, um, the use of the radio to teach Torah. And you never know who you reach. Like, I have people, local pastors who are listening to it, to Jewish people who never step foot into Chabad, who tell me that, hey, I Rabbi, I enjoy your show. I mean, I go through to town, and people look at me and say, oh, you're the guy with the show. People on campus, people in the university say, you know, every Sunday morning, you know, I'm driving my kids to soccer practice, and I hear your show. So you have a reach that you really cannot measure because it's, it's the homes and the bedrooms and the cars of people in your community. Right. Another practical question that I have is, is this something which is done every week? Because that could be very challenging to have that commitment every single Sunday. What if you're traveling, for instance, the kids are coming up? How do you deal with that? It's a commitment, especially in my case, to show Sunday morning. It's very difficult. Um, the reality is that it's a commitment. There's a way around it, and that is pre-recording your show. So, for example, this week's the Kinnis, so I pre-record the show. Either I go into studio, which is the best, 
snap, I can always pre-record it in my own recording equipment and email them the file and they get it done. I, many times I do the show over the phone if I'm traveling. I do the show from wherever I am. Um, and just to share a couple of other ideas, anyone who's planning on doing a show or has a show can feel free to reach out. And we also have a WhatsApp group of shluchim that are, have radio shows just to bounce ideas off each other. But sometimes, depending where you are, but even, for example, two weeks ago, I called up a friend who lives in Israel. I did a live interview, and I got a lot of feedback from that because at least here in Kansas, there's not many opportunities people have to speak to someone who lives in Israel. So that was a, something that was exciting for them. Or a couple of years ago, you know, there was floods in Colorado or Hurricane Sandy. So I, I got the shliach on the phone. We did an interview with that shliach. So try as much as I can to connect it to local news or national news or international news so people find relevance to it, so people connect with it. You know, this morning the show was all about the Royals. Kansas City Royals are winning the World Series. Hopefully it's win tonight. So I did a whole show about the lessons we can learn from the Royals, how they never give up, and Tachka Vizangut, and went into a whole show about Tachka Vizangut, and played a song from the eighth day. So there's a lot of content you can give over, but the way you segue into it is by using current events, and people really get into that. And I should also add that you have to remember that if you have a radio show, not only is it for those people, but you now have a weekly podcast, Torah Inspiration, that you could send to anybody. So we have a Facebook page for our radio show, where every Sunday after the show, I upload a recording of the show, and I have people who listen to it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I include it in my weekly email. So not only do I have a weekly radio show, but I also have a nice 30-minute, interesting, engaging Torah thoughts that I can share with others unrelated to the radio show. Well, are you ever able to talk about some of your own upcoming events, or do you not use it for that? 100%. I definitely do that. I plug Chabad all the time, and I talk about upcoming events, and we talk about the websites. Um, one thing I don't do, which others can do, and that's because of my particular arrangement, I don't do advertising on my show because the agreement was that they'll host it and they'll sponsor it. But if you have Balabatim that you want to support, you could advertise for them. If you want to raise money through the show, you could do that as well. You could sell advertising space. And I know some other shulchan are very successful at that. So that's another way to look at it. It's also a, a potential revenue. You just have to make sure it's okay with the station if you do that because they have their own advertising that they need to do and you don't want to make a conflict of sales. But overall, it's another nice addition that you could do. So besides the hafata, it's also a promotion for your chabana. Right. A few more practical questions. Uh, a shlich who never did this could be thinking, how does it work when I, when I go to the station? I, I show up at the station, and I have to be in this room by myself recording. Is there someone with me, helping me? How does it work when you were saying about calling to Israel? How are you running a show at the same time when you're trying to get someone on the phone? How does, how does it, how, what, what, is the, what does it look like in the recording room? Okay, so you walk into the studio. There's always somebody else in the studio who's taking care of all the logistics, handling the calls, putting on the music. All you have to do is sit down in front of a mic with a pair of headphones and talk. That's all, the only thing you have to worry about. There's always somebody else in the studio who's taking care of the technicalities. Now, when I first started, I was very nervous. I was not natural on air because it was new, it was intimidating, it was scary a little bit. So there were two things that I did which really helped me. Number one, I took a member of my community who was a good schmoozer, and I had him join me for the first year. 
and he was my co-host. So he gave me time to breathe. We would bounce things off each other. If my mind went blank, he would take over. So that was a very big help. So I would suggest in the beginning, if you're new at it and you're a little bit uncomfortable and nervous, you could definitely take that route and just have somebody else with you in studio and bounce back and forth. Uh, another thing which helped was in the beginning, I literally had every single thing scripted by the minutes. I had a template which I would use, you know, minute one, minute four, minute six, what I'm saying every single minute. Now, three years later, I don't work that way. I have more, it flows because it's more natural. But at the beginning, it's very normal to be nervous, and it really helps to have everything scripted in front of you so you know exactly what to expect. And finally, to be honest, the first few months, I did a lot more music and a lot more fillers because after five minutes, I was too tense. I would need a breather. I would put on a song for two minutes, and that would give me time to step back for a moment and regroup my thoughts. So I'll be very honest. At the beginning, there's no question you could be a great speaker, but when you're on the radio, it could be a little intimidating. Some people, it's very good. It's the opposite. For some people, it's so convenient because you look, you're talking in the mic and you didn't see anybody. So you don't, you don't realize you're talking to thousands of people. So it works different for different people. But there's no question in the beginning, there really is a, uh, a growth process, a learning curve in the beginning. But then over time, it gets more natural. Is there a place where if a shliach is thinking about doing it and wants to hear some of your shows, is there a place where they could go see it? Is there a place Definitely. where they could go listen to it? Yes. If you go to facebook.com forward slash Jewhawk Radio, it's one word, facebook.com forward slash Jewhawk, J-E-W-H-A-W-K. It's just a play on Jayhawk, which is the culture of this town because of the basketball team. So jewhawkradio.com, you can find the podcast of every single week's show. Feel free to listen and send me all your criticism. Uh, um, there's also, also techniques. I mean, if any of our listeners out there start to the show, they could call me and I could tell them some of the techniques I use how to find information to talk about. So, for example, the first thing I would do is I would check, you know, what's headlining on the news, what's trending on the news. I look on Google, what were the top biggest topics, top ten topics of the last week. And then I would choose one or two of them, and then I would use that as a springboard for conversation, and then I would try to adapt it and connect it to something Jewish. So it could be something, I remember a year ago or something, there's a show on NPR, Car Talk, that's very popular, and the host died. And everyone was talking about the host of Car Talk, a Jewish guy who died. So I did a show about the lessons we can learn from a car. I mean, and it was an amazing show, and I got a lot of feedback. Sometimes small things, you know, even a story I had in the flight, and I just turned that into a whole discussion about and not judging others. It doesn't have to be deep intellectual ideas. A radio show is more light, especially in my case when it's Sunday morning. So I try to make it relevant, you know, fun, engaging, not too heavy, something inspirational, more emotion than intellect. It's not a lecture. Right, so, connecting, a, so connecting your own personal stories is a great way to go. So you're always probably thinking when the week is going by and something happens, you think, oh, this is, this is something I can, I can connect to in, in the show. An article or something. I have a special folder where I keep ideas, and then when I start preparing, I'm able to, you know, pull from all those places, various different. Uh, does it still ideas. does it still take you two hours? <clears throat> does it still take you two hours these days to prepare, or has it has the time gone down? No, the time has gone down. No question about it. Um, the time has gone down, but it depends on the week. Like if I'm having someone an interview with somebody, then it's much less preparation. 
But if I need to prepare a whole show, then it could take it could take an hour or two. Uh, but it's an investment. Right. So are there any last thoughts that you would like to share with Shluchim on this topic? My thought is that I, I always thought to myself, impossible. Never going to happen. Like, I used to drive by the radio station in my city and look at the big antennas and think to myself, there's no way I can get in there. And then slowly I just started pushing my way in. And then I realized how they're thirsty for me to the extent that now something's going on. They're calling me, Rabbi, you know, could you come in here and talk about this in our community or talk about that in our community? So it's much, much more accessible than you think it is, especially if you're in a smaller city. When I say smaller city, I mean, you know, 150,000 people or less. There's no question that it's within your reach. And the extent, how far it goes, and what an incredible inroad it makes in your community is something which I really encourage. And just this morning, I was at an event here, and I bumped into the mayor of the town. He was like, Rabbi, I love your show. So you really never know where it's going to go. I strongly encourage anybody who thinks that there's somewhat of an opportunity or, or chance, go for it. And I'll be more than happy to help in any way I can. Thank you, Rabbi Zalman Tachtel, for sharing with other shluchim your experiences and your unique approach in creating a successful radio show. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. My pleasure. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I look forward to seeing you all at the Kinos. Again, check out the new website, www.shluchimpodcast.com, and please share your feedback. Make it a great week.